Did no. you feel any benefits uh, with your physical performance, say running or doing sports? Oh, well, that was the most benefit that I got from Boteco. Learned about what it was. It, it was kind of like a technique that sort of explained a lot of things that I couldn't find explanations for anywhere else. I can certainly say that doing Buteco as a family has been really helpful. Well, she doesn't have asthma anymore. Welcome, friends. Welcome again to the Learn Buteco podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is going to be part of an interview that we did regarding uh, Buteco and teenage years. He started to do Buteco when he was around 16 with great results. And we are also going to speak to his mom, uh, who's also going to be talking about how it affected to, to the live family and how it served her to hear me say that a control pulse of less than 40 was unacceptable and that motivated her very much. Emmanuel is a very thoughtful young man now and he has very interesting perspective not just what, for what Buteco did for himself uh, but in general uh, why the Buteco method works, why he thinks it's so important that other teenagers learn about it and I really hope you enjoy this uh, very interesting chapter with Emmanuel. Okay, first of all, Emmanuel, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this podcast could potentially help a lot of people of, uh, of your age group, yeah? And, and also families, because you've done it with, with your family, as I gather. And uh, we are going to talk about your journey with the Buteco Method and what it has done for you. And let's just start the conversation and let's just jump into it straight away. How long yeah. have you been doing Buteco? So how, how old are you now and how long have you been doing it? So I am 19 now and I started when I was 16. Okay. So it's been, I think, a little over three years. Sure. And why, um, why did you do it? Why did you start doing it? So actually, I started doing it um, because my sister started doing it. She'd started getting asthma-like symptoms and we looked for, for techniques online or remedies to try and help her with it and had come across a Boteco teacher. Um, but this Boteco teacher was not one of yours. It was uh, someone else who um, uh, really didn't know how to teach really. And um, so this teacher, she, she taught Lillian to uh, do steps, the same as, as how we do them. But after, you, after the steps were completed and she had to stop holding her breath, uh, she was told to try and recover in three breaths, which naturally were going to end up being really long breaths. So I think what happened is that she got a bit better at the start and then she started getting worse. I think it was something like that okay. um, because of what you guys call rebound. Close to the new year, I think she actually had to go to hospital because she had a quite a severe asthma attack um really? yeah 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 and she was fine you know it, it wasn't i don't think it was well, actually I, I don't know 
I, I don't think she was in danger of dying or anything, but it was very strong. And she never had anything like that before. Uh, we think it might have been this uh, faulty potato teaching. I think my mum was friends with someone who knew you guys. And then you, uh, an, a sort of emergency, uh, like an emergency Zoom call or something, or like an emergency m gathering or something to try and help uh, Lillian and try and create a sort of project uh, uh, a practice for her to try and get her out of this asthmatic phase that she was in. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So emergency, you mean not that the crisis was happening right there and then, but, no, but, but more well, it was, happening it was, during those days, yeah? It was soon after, yeah. I, that's very interesting, right? Because as you as you probably have seen, the Buteco method is quite precise in on all the stages of it. And if you just miss one thing and you do it incorrectly, it can, it can have consequences. Recovery is absolutely essential to do it correctly. And yeah. it's all about repressing your urge to breathe. And if you start breathing deep after you do the pauses, it's completely counterproductive. Yeah. So you, you, think, you think that that happened because of that or, or was it just related, but maybe not? Um... Well, we don't know, but we think it, it definitely was uh, possibly related to that just because of you talked a lot about uh, the particular the team talks a lot about rebound, um, which would actually make things worse. So if you practice in, in, incorrectly, where if you sort of would do Bateco, but then would breathe really heavily afterwards or something like that, either because yeah. you weren't doing it right or because I guess you just had bad breathing afterwards. So we think that it is it is quite possible that you know Lillian was uh, my sister she was getting I guess steadily worse but she'd never had any proper big asthma attack until yeah. after she was being taught by this first teacher who wasn't right. good you know so, you, so she noticed uh, a significant change after she did it the right way right well she doesn't have asthma anymore because I think yeah because of it yeah, so at the start, I think it was quite difficult because uh, she had to do a lot of practice, but I don't know how long it took, maybe a month or two months or something. I mean, she never had another, I, she never had another asthma attack like the, the one she, she'd had after this first teacher. Yeah, I mean, so this, really... this tells you a lot, really, right? So is your sister older than you or younger? She's three years younger. She's 16 right now. Oh, three years younger. Okay. Yeah. So she was 13 um, when this happened. Okay, so, well, now we, now we know. Excellent. Yeah, and that inspired me. So it was interesting for me, actually, because when you, when, when the, the Boteco team, this, your Boteco team started uh, helping my sister, and, you know, we obviously knew about it. I obviously knew about it. I kind of was just drawn to uh, to the technique because... It answered a lot of questions that I sort of was asking in my head a lot of the time, uh, but had never been answered uh, before, such as why certain illnesses appear and why they disappear. And I didn't never really, you know, like, for instance, you know, on the extreme example, why, why cancer, how cancer works, because for, from, from my perspective, people just, some people just seem to they have they some suddenly have something right when before they didn't 
and I, I was just, you know, I had this, this, this thought in my head of, you know, why, why would that happen? And I, I didn't get an answer until, uh, until I learned about this technique, which seemed to answer pretty much everything in a way that made sense to me. And so I wanted to try the technique um, because, well, I had ac I had a bit of acne at the time, which, which actually the potato helped. And uh, I also had, and I still have it actually, but it's very mild now. Um, there's, there's this skin condition that you normally get on your head. It's got a very nasty name. I don't like the name because it puts everyone off. It's called, but it's called a uh, ringworm. And it's only called that because when it's very bad, it's a fungal thing. So that makes it sound even worse, obviously. Yeah. And um, when it's very bad, uh, apparently it makes these sort of rings, these sort of red rings on your head, on your scalp. And I got that when I was seven. So that's been with, uh, I've had that for, for a very long time. And so you, you had that, you, that started when you were seven and yeah. you still had it when, when you started doing Buteyko? Yeah, and I still, I still have it, but it's much milder than it used to be. If I had been able to, to do Buteyko, to carry on doing Buteyko for longer, then I probably would have got rid of it. But I imagine, but you know, even, even that now makes sense to me why it's not completely gone because i got it so young so it's um so it's something that would take longer to get rid of first if i was to do if when i do potato first i would be cured of all these symptoms that are less uh sort of ingrained yeah so right now i'm not i'm not doing very much potato uh, mainly because I actually just find it mentally quite difficult. And that just, just seems to have been something that uh, uh, struggled with a bit throughout quite a lot of it. Um, I think it's just because of the way my mind worked. At the start, I think it was quite easy. And then there was a point where I started getting... Uh, my, I started getting very sort of stressed about doing the practice, even though when I did do the practice, then I instant, I, I almost instantly felt better, but just the starting of it was very difficult. Um, sometimes I would, I, it would be so, I would find it so difficult to start that I'd, I'd even be waiting, uh, I don't know, half an hour before I could be able to, to 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 get myself to do it yeah i would say i would say that this is this is typical this is normal i mean with teenagers what happens is like the results are very quick so you get results very quickly you feel much better like i mean if you don't have anything anything big in less than a month you feel you just feel great so starting the practice is a bit of a drag yeah and this this uh this is normal like you know on and off so what's What's um, something that could help you, you know, uh, if you want to restart, which I think you could benefit a lot from, is just simply do this. You see? So in your mind, you see, in your mind, it's like this big thing that you have to start doing again. 
yeah but in actuality in order to just gain a little bit of momentum all you have to do is to pinch your nose and yeah. you know that you can do whatever what i mean what are you going to do in your first pose and you're not it's not demanding no one's demanding to you to do a first long maximum pose mm. you just simply you can do just a, a control pose to see where it is and then maybe from there you take you know it's like okay i'm going to do another one and then you start feeling better you start feeling like it gives you it gives you life yeah yeah so one, you, do, you don't have to have yeah. like these big thoughts you just simply pinch your nose that's it and you can do it multiple times a day and you don't have to do the full practice you can do one pose here one pose there one pose there a full practice in the morning maybe you know it's uh, be flexible with it because you already know how it works yeah true one in sort of uh, interesting thing uh, that I found is that I always feel like doing Bateko, uh, a Bateko practice when I'm in the shower. Okay. But then very soon after I get out, I don't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> so it's, yeah. so it's, it's never useful. I see. Um, okay. Do you, do you drive? Yeah, I drive. Could you make a commitment to do pauses when you drive? Would I be able to do that? It's not drive and do oh yeah, oh yeah. It's okay. I mean, don't do it when you're in a lot of traffic or there's an intersection that is kind of difficult. But uh, in normal driving, a, a, a driving bit that you know very well, hmm. definitely you can do it. Or, or if, if there's a um, traffic light that you know you always have to stop there for a while, you can do it there, you know? True. If you know yeah. that you are going to stay for two minutes, you you do a two minute maximum pause. That's a very long red light. <laughs> so, um, but you know yeah, what I actually, mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Um, I actually think I did do that once um, when I was driving because I know I started to notice uh, when I when I started to learn driving, I realized I started I was breathing very heavily. Uh, during it just because I was nervous. Yes. Um, and obviously, if you hold your breath, you can't breathe at all. So that that was a sort of quite an easy way to uh, just check how yes. much I was breathing. Also, driving is the perfect place to do it, to do shallow breathing. Right. You can do very shallow breathing while you're driving. And if you connect the driving to the practice, then you have you gain that you gain that's that. that's true yeah yeah the same way as you do with the shower right with the shower it doesn't work because it's just a shower you do one pause it doesn't go take you anywhere right yeah it, it could be dry it could be anything right so you have to use your own uh schedule and mm -hmm. see how how you can reapply it also it's very useful to do follow-ups um yeah anyway, but we're not we're not on this now did no. you feel any benefits uh, with your physical performance say running or doing sports oh well that was the most benefit that i got from Bateko. i don't do any more but i used to do a i used to go to a football class i remember before i knew anything about Bateko, i enjoyed football a lot i really wanted to play well during the uh games so i would sort of try to be in all the positions at once you know, attacking and defending and, and, and everything in between, uh, especially if my if my teammates 
we're sort of not defending, which can happen quite a lot, where everyone t attacks and then you have no one's defending. Yes. Um, I found that quite annoying, so I would try and do both. Right. And I got really, really, really tired from doing that so much that I, when the the class, when the the session had ended, I would just kind of have to sit on a bench for about half an hour just to to feel good enough to to start walking back to the uh, tube station. And as soon as I as I found out from Bateko that you're supposed to breathe through your nose when you're doing most uh, everything pretty much tried uh really hard to do that was it and the, difficult at the beginning so at the so the first the first uh time i did it it was extremely difficult yes and uh my and i couldn't run around as much i just had to stop a lot sooner i don't remember exactly though but i think i didn't have to recover as much at the end and then I remember mm -hmm. that the second time I did it, it was much easier compared to the first time. Right, already the um, second time. I think probably because I I I pushed myself so hard the first time, and this was just because I kind of wanted I wanted to do it the right way. But I think I think I must have pushed myself very hard the first time, and that ended up working out for me. And and so the second time was much easier. And then I started finding that as I as I as I played football, I would, you know, run around and, and, and start getting uh, tired. And then I, I could just stop and wait about maybe 20 seconds or something, 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. And then I, I kind of could just start playing again as if I'd not not been tired at all. Yes. So the recovery was much better already yeah. from the first yeah. day, even if you, even if it was very difficult at the beginning. Yes, yes. What would you say now to someone who hypothetically might suggest to you that you should come back to mouth breathing while playing football? Probably not much because I doubt that I would be able to change their mind about it. So sure, I guess I guess what I mean is like, what does the idea of coming back to mouth breathing while playing football? Uh, how does that play in your mind? Is it outrageous? Is it is it possible? Is it okay? Because I find I, I just tell you why I'm asking you. It's because before starting breathing through my nose while doing CrossFit. Um, the idea of doing CrossFit breathing through my nose only was crazy. Yeah? yeah. But now the idea of doing it breathing through my mouth is crazy. Yeah. yeah. You see? So that's why I'm asking you that. Would, yeah. you, would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, it's, it's just, it just seems so obviously worse to do it, to breathe through your mouth now. Hmm. Um, you know, and there would be no reason to, for me, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see any point. Yeah. You have come to also to understand why that is so. And in fact, your oxygenation is actually much better, which is you're, you're looking for efficiency. Yeah. That regard. Yeah. I find very interesting that we started the conversation and I wanted to point out to that 
to the fact that you started talking about other people, not about yourself, and that your interest comes from from wanting to understand on having an interest on how illnesses work in general for other people, not just for yourself. Do you have any kind of uh, vocational um, tendency towards medicine or or helping others? I was sort of um, maybe interested or a bit confused um, as to why why some people got some some illnesses or other problems, like my sister with asthma. Sure. I think um, you know, like with with the with what I have this this uh, this this scalp condition. Yes. Um, this mild scalp condition with the whole. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that was interesting because because. Um, because for most people, I think, I think for everyone else that I knew, I think I knew a few other people who might, who had had it at some point, but they got rid of it, you know, like in a few weeks or a month or something, just by treating it with an oil or something like that. Okay. Um, but, you know, but for me, that just didn't, didn't work. So, and I think it was things like that, that also, also I would wonder why some other people had such serious reactions to certain things. Like I don't have, I've never had asthma or allergies at all in my life, but some people, you know, some people have really big problems uh, yeah. with asthma or allergies or both. Absolutely. I think I just kind of really wanted to, to try and find out why, why all of this was happening. Yes. That's very interesting. And, you know, cause there's a bit, you know, if, if there's a bit, hi Martha, um, there's a bit of, there was a bit of me that sort of, you know, you want to know how it works so that you can solve it. Yes. Um, very good. That's that's the right approach. You want to you want to get to the root cause and yeah, you know, take it from there, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent. Have you noticed? Did you notice some anything um, in terms of social dynamics with your friends, with your group in school? Um, have you noticed anything in that regard? Well, what do you mean by that? You mean have I? I mean, there's a lot of teenagers, which I don't know if it's your case, right? But mm -hmm. there's a lot of teenagers, they, they struggle with relationships within their groups, yeah? Teenagers normally, normally they want to integrate, they want to fit in the group, yeah? And um, they also targeted to, to think and feel in certain ways, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we have found with, uh, with the work of Buteyko that some teenagers they sort of awaken their own personality and they don't have much anxiety around around uh, their colleagues or their friends or or in school yeah and i wonder if you have noticed anything in that regard i think for me it's not happened as much as it might have happened to uh, uh, i think there hasn't been as much of a change for me okay. um so i've never been to school uh, I was home educated. I see. Okay. I was home educated all my life, and I think generally, yeah, generally the home educated people 
the the children are generally more uh, relaxed from what i know interesting and, you, and less, slightly things, less yeah. interested in trends as well um some a lot of i think a lot of home educated people are a lot of the children used to go to school and then had a bad time so then they were taken out and then became home educated I see. Is this something that you actually have seen, like in the comparison of, of that with, with other kids? Um, well, I've seen the way, you know, a good number of school children act, can act. And typically home educated children don't act that way at all. So sort of very sort of being like a troublemaker, if you like. Uh, I could probably describe it better mm -hmm. if I if I thought for long enough, but but it's sort of something like that that uh the children i was with when i was growing up were just generally really sensible sure and you know if you if you've got anyone who was who was who was sort of a bit disruptive then it was normally just one person can i just interject because one of the things is that we find is that uh, teenagers can feel self-conscious or that they want to be liked yeah and that's exacerbated at school. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that was true. For me, I don't think that's been as much of a problem as for a lot of other people my age. I think for my sister that it might be a little bit different uh, because she, well, she might know more because um, she's she's uh, friends with a lot of people with a with a lot of people who who've had a lot of uh, stresses, I think, from school. Um, and for me, I have, I'm friends with mostly with people who, who, who aren't really involved in school at all. Did you, not, did you notice any effects on your level of concentration for studying, for example, or other activities? Uh, well, when I started uh, doing Boteco, uh, I, was, I was told uh, by my mum that I, I had sort of started to look uh, happier most of the time mm -hmm. compared to before. Actually, uh, when I had been 15, when I was 15, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd have moments of feeling quite down, quite sad and sort of stressed. And when I started doing Boteco, that got better quite quickly um although i think that i think it sort of came back after when i at a certain point um and 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 also at the same time made me made it feel harder to do the the pauses and stuff like that uh but now now it's, it's fine now it's fine uh what well, else i can see Sorry? i can see in your face you're a lot less troubled like this there's, there's a clarity there there's a natural just it's just very easy to look at you because there's, there's not some sort of head thing going on <laughs> <laughs> whereas when i first met you there was a sort of unsureness it's not there anymore right yeah well, I think 
being a bit older helps. Um, That's true. It was a bit weird at 15 and 16. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's normal. I mean, those years are, you know, you're searching and there's, there's a lot of ups and downs. And at the same time, you have a lot of energy, but you also, you described, yeah, you get tired easily also when you, when you exert yourself, you don't have yeah. a reference of, of how you're functioning. So it, it does make sense. Can I just ask you about your scalp? Is that better? Um, it's, it's a lot, it's very mild, but it's not, it's not got better. But I think I, I haven't been doing serious practice um, recently, uh, just mainly because I find it difficult with my mental state. But as I uh, was talking to Javier about it, yeah, it might be time for me to to do a follow up, maybe because because um, it would be nice to get rid of this scalp thing. Oh well, I just wondered, but is it better than it was? When I started doing Boteco, it did start getting better, and I think it just it got better up to a point. I think it just got better until I stopped doing Boteco as much as as I'd been doing it before. And then just kind of stayed at that point, okay. um, but it, but it hasn't got worse, which is which is good. Well, that's one of the main things is that when people practice, they stop the disease, they get improvement, and as you put it, that it does, the disease doesn't get worse. It actually yeah. stops the progression, and that's one yeah. of the first things that we should be glad to have is that the disease the disease progression is slowed down you know it doesn't it's soft yeah for me because i had because i had this so young i don't know if you know but i i got this at seven when mm -hmm. i was seven years old um i imagine it could take quite a long time to go uh even if i did do a lot of practice although you know maybe maybe it would be quick um uh yeah but it's hard to know well, sure. And the thing is, is that we can't actually say when the method's going to deal with particular symptoms that we've got. It yeah. has its own order of priority. And the skin, yeah. the skin will be treated when it's treated. Well, it will probably fix my cold feet first because I get cold feet. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> Radame yeah. would tell you to put your feet in hot water. And wrap them up in woolen socks. <laughs> hmm. Well, doesn't that just work to keep them warm in the moment? I don't. Does that help long term? Well, he says it's very important to keep them warm. So right. you must, you must keep them warm. Right. He probably means that the method will keep them warm, but in the meantime, it's important to keep them warm by any yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason being is there's a direct connection between cold feet and your nasal passages. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I had heard that there there was a lot of connection with your with your feet and other, and like your body posture and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I I I wasn't really sure how much how deep it went. Yeah. Well, he said that it it affects the breathing, so it's important that you keep them warm. If you want to experiment with that, I have experimented with standing, for example, while studying or, you know, using my computer. 
I change from sitting and, and standing. I don't sit all the time. It's, it's uncomfortable. Okay. And that's interesting. Since you said that, it might be something that could help. Because obviously yeah. when you're standing, you need a bit more energy. You're not so passive. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about something, uh, Emmanuel. So your whole family has done it, right? Yes. So did you see any, any changes in the, not just in their health individually, which of course it happened. And we have the testimonies in YouTube if people can want to see it, but also as a, as a, as a whole, as a family dynamic, because we speak about this in some of the previous podcasts. And I think it could be interested if you have something to say around that, or if you noticed anything. I think it uh, let us sort of enjoy more time together, just generally. Um, it was very helpful at the start to do the practices together. You did them together? Also. Yeah, we did, we did them at the same time a lot of the time. And it was nice to see um, each other sort of improve and stuff like that. It's hard for me to remember um, details because it because most of it happened sort of when I was about 16. That was kind of when we we did the most, uh, okay. maybe 17 as well. Um, and that was when we made some pretty big, some pretty big changes. So you found that you spent more time together or did you find that just the quality time that you spent? Uh, yeah, together? I think. I think it just um, we were just able to to enjoy more time together instead of you know have some more more difficult times. Yes. So you kind of felt the energy that that it generates. Yeah, I think we just sort of worked a bit better as a family. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine if four people do the practice, they normally all four will feel better, and that sort of heightens the the state. Yeah. You kind of you kind of probably feel it in the room, right? Yes, yes, I think so. Um, I imagine my my parents would probably be better at remembering all of that. Yeah, and they were probably paying a lot of attention at uh, the change. Yeah, yeah, probably more attention than me. I think. Sure. Yeah. Well, you 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 do pay attention because you have you have deep questions that don't pertain just to you. Yeah. Because you do project uh, towards what's happening in general. And that triggers your action, not just your problems, but the problems of others. I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked you if you if you might be uh, vocationally inclined to to what what are you planning to study or what what's your project or your idea of the future? It, it, I have to go about this in a slightly strange way. I'm I'm very interested in strategy. Um, sure. You know, for instance, I like playing video games because I like the strategy in them. And so I'm also interested in how to best do certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes how to, how to sort of treat problems best as well. Yes. Um, if people are, are getting ill and, and, I, and, it's, and I don't understand why, then I kind of just really want to, I, I, I'd like to try and find out just, just to, just to know what to do in that situation. Okay. Um, obviously if I could help other people, that would be great. 
um with a technique like Pacheco though it's very it's quite actually well actually I have I have um talked about it to a few of my friends and some of them do seem quite interested actually and we um there's a family that we know whose children we um taught some some sort of basic Pacheco to nice and that and they enjoy they they liked that um so we, I have actually showed other people or talked to other people a little bit, um, but generally, you know, it's such a a strange technique compared to what people are used to most of the time. Yeah. Um, so how does your desire to solve problems connect with the the work that you're looking for? I find it very interesting, actually. You're not choosing the typical path, and yet you have very specific interest on how things work. How does the care of children connect with the problems that you want to solve? How does that connect in your um, mind? I don't think that's. I don't think the problem solving connects with the care with children. Those are just two things that I'm that I really enjoy. Okay. Um, but the problem solving connects to wanting to understand why illnesses appear and why they disappear sometimes and sometimes they don't. How are you going to go about solving those problems? Uh, well, well, you know, when I found out about Pateco, right? then it was kind of like, Pateco, when I, you know, when I learned about what it was, it, it was kind of like a technique that sort of explained a lot of things that I couldn't find explanations for anywhere else. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and also um, shows you ways of how to uh, solve them. Yeah. In ways that made sense to me, uh, where in other, I think a, lo a lot of the time with stand sort of normal ways of treating things, the situation would be you have an illness or something and you take medication to solve it, for instance. And the problem with that is that I didn't, I, I just didn't understand. It's hard to understand exactly how, you know, what, how that works. Um, obviously, you know, it can, it can help, but then sometimes, you know, the problem comes back. I think the, the, People seem to need so much, so much medicating, and I didn't really understand it. I I sort of had this idea that for many things, many problems that you've got, your body was your body was clever enough to solve solve those problems for you without you having to do very much. So, you know, when, when, when you hear of people getting these very serious illnesses and then, and, and, and not being able to just get better from them, uh, and sometimes, you know, getting chronic conditions, especially then for me, I, I started really trying, I started wondering why, uh, why they, you know, what was the cause of, of yes. all of that and typically the sort of normal the the standard way of dealing with with chronic conditions let's say is you just sort of keep treating it 
until it goes away and then if it comes back you just have to treat it again mm -hmm. but i surely there would be a way to get rid of it and then not and then have it not come back you know yes absolutely that's that's the right question to ask so you want to get to the root cause of it yeah you want to connect the dots also which is something yeah. that something that in your thinking that comes from your thinking should you should never ab abandon yeah even if you if someone who's an expert or anything like that tries to ever convince you that that's not the way your mind should work your your mind works in the right way because it wants to get to the truth of the matter and yeah. solve it from the root yeah and what you're describing is precisely there's two things uh, that are very important about what you're saying and you you're thinking in the right direction and it's that uh, most medicine what they think is that the body is stupid and therefore we have to change it with our chemicals and uh, we have to forget about the wisdom that the body already possesses and we have to fix it yeah so mm -hmm. when we go to the cause we realize that only the body can heal itself and that it just needs the right components and the right environment the right terrain for it yeah, yeah? And then, and then you were asking something very interesting as to why, you know, you, you get all these medicines, then they solve the problem, but the problem comes back and then you get more medicine. This is a dynamic also that has to, has to be seen, not just from the medical, the purely medical perspective, but also from the human perspective. One of the things, one of the things that are missing in our thinking about science is the, is the science is made by human beings and those human dynamics. Yeah, which include economics and politics and all kinds of stuff are very important to integrate in the explanations about why certain things are like that because sometimes they have nothing to do with medicine or mm -hmm. wanting to cure people yeah, yeah. so in this, in this regard you have the interest for the human aspect of it which is great you want to go to the cause you want to actually really solve the problem and connect the dots yeah and take it from different perspectives which is not purely physiological so most of the things that exist are not there to get to the root cause of something to solve the problem. It's, they're actually there to sustain that problem. So that certain dynamics that have nothing to do with it are stable. Yeah. yeah I, I, find, I find your mind is interesting. You, you, you know how to think, yeah, from what I've seen. It's, it's natural to you. It's natural, you see. It, you need a lot of investment in order to break that because it's the natural way of thinking. It's like, okay, why is this happening? What is the cause? I want to know because I want to solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. only logical, isn't it? Well, yeah. I, I think I was sort of prepared to, to go, you know, carry on, carry on living without knowing the answers to these problems because I didn't think that I would be able to find the answers because n no one seemed to know, right. uh, you know, why people get these chronic conditions and, and no one seems, no one seemed to know, you know, how to, to get rid of them. So they wouldn't come back, you mm -hmm. know, until I found out about the takeover technique. And then it just seemed to really make sense to me because because the Bateco te the Bateco technique was say was was saying that that sort of all of these 
different problems that different people get are all they're all down to uh just you not being uh as healthy as you could be and you know i i could find so many situations that prove that um you know you because you can you, you sort of look at unhealthy people and you see see that their breathing is worse and 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 you know that that's already quite quite um quite an obvious sign for me i think uh, uh, yeah there was a lot of um so before before you know i knew about the takeover there was a lot of uh if people didn't know why someone got a certain condition, then they uh, they might put it down to like, genetics, mm -hmm. which kind of seems like the sort of the only answer left mm -hmm. um, when you don't when you don't when you can't think of anything else. Yes. Um, well, there's, there's been a lot of that, right? Yeah. And and Botanical kind of. Yeah. Yeah, please continue. Oh, well, I was just going to say that, you know, there would be some people who, who could be extremely unhealthy and then, and, and it just didn't seem to make sense that all of that would just be down to genetics. Um, There's been a lot of that and the next step out of that is epigenetics. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. Epigenetics. So, so in, so so when you have an explanation, an explanation from the point of view of genetics about uh, the illnesses that people have, mm -hmm. there is this aspect called epigenetics in which, depending on the environment, yeah, it can be external environment, it could be also internal environment of what you produce in your own body, the, the own dynamics that you trigger in your own body because of how you take care of yourself that even if there is a potentially a health problem that comes from your genetics, a predisposition, yeah. that will not be triggered if the environment is kept correctly. Yeah, that's yeah? what I've come to understand. Yeah. And that makes sense because before it seemed like you could try as much as you, as much as possible to uh to get rid of these to get rid of certain symptoms but if if you had certain genes then they would just be there you would just have them sort of forever yeah it's, and, it's deterministic right and yeah it doesn't and, work that. you know to me it makes much more sense that that your body you know can have problems but only if you you know only if things actually aren't all right uh, in terms of health, in terms of Boteco practice. Yeah, it was related to genetics. I mean, what the Boteco method does, it actually rec recognizes genetics, so obviously, as a, as a possible trigger. It's like the symptoms that you get depend on how you're gen genetically predisposed, yeah? But they happen for a reason, yeah? yeah. And, and of course, the main cause is hyperventilation. So, yeah. so and when when that happens, your body triggers certain signals, but it's not that your body has gone haywire. It's actually your body is actually trying to protect itself. Yeah. The idea that I think most people have is that because of your genetics, you just have certain problems that you can't get rid of. Yeah. 
Well, that's possible, certainly. Yeah, but generally it doesn't seem to be true. It's not deterministic, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So are there any closing remarks that you would like to do or something that maybe you haven't mentioned? I was thinking a lot about sleep. I think it's been the most difficult thing for me, Okay. Uh, which is sleep, because I breathe very heavily in my sleep and I have extremely deep sleeps. Mm. Um, that, so there have literally been earthquakes in the night and I don't wake up. Wow. And my, you know, it's woken everyone else up, but not me. Yes. Um, a sort of ongoing uh, difficulty that I have, which is trying to lighten my sleep because I, I do feel it quite a lot. It, uh, when, when I wake up in the mornings, um, I, I tend to feel quite tired and find it quite difficult to get up at first. Um, I actually have noticed that when I, if I do a, a breath hold, as I'm lying in bed, I get the energy sort of almost, I, I get the energy very, very quickly and then I can just get out immediately. Uh, but sometimes I'm too tired to even remember to do that. Yeah. And I've tried to sort of create a slope to sleep on to make, so I don't have to breathe so much. And that has helped some of the time, but it's hard to do it exactly right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it will be easier if you retake the practice during the day mm -hmm. and you set yourself up for a good night. And then you also, then it will be easier then to practice after say three hours of sleep, for example, and put the alarm and you do the practice and then you sleep again. Yeah. Well, actually one problem I had is that I, I don't always wake up to alarms. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so earthquakes don't wake you up. So never exactly. mind the alarms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've at one point I, I remember I was trying to figure out sort of the most time I could sleep while still being able to wake up to my alarm, and it, it's quite difficult. I think what happens is that I sort of when I go to sleep, I very, very quickly get into a deep sleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I might be able to get into a deep sleep within an hour or something like that. Right. Do you dream a lot? Um, I do dream, but I don't remember them very clearly. So you remember that you dreamed, but you don't remember the dream. Yeah, I sort of remember that I had a dream, but I can't remember the details of it. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's that that's a function of, of how you're starting to do the practice during the day mm -hmm. and then start adopting. How interesting, isn't it? Like most people will tell you, oh, you sleep deep. That's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. That was very you, strange. What do you learn. make of that? Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was also very strange to learn that actually you can end up sleeping uh, less when you, when your potato levels get very high. Definitely. I don't really understand that completely. The body does. Yes. Very obvious to the body and it has a connection also with food. 
Yeah, mm. I I noticed when I did, started doing Boteco that I didn't um, I didn't need to eat as much as I used to before. Um, and I found that quite interesting. Uh, I also connected that with um, I, I I noticed this might be a slightly strange sub uh, subject, but I sort of seen situations where parents would encourage their children to finish their meals and the children wouldn't want to. And I know that sometimes, you know, children can be really uh, distracted by other things and they actually are hungry. But I noticed some situations where the child, the, the children wouldn't be distracted at all. And they would keep sort of saying that they weren't hungry. And I was starting to wonder if maybe the child was just right and that the children don't need to eat as much because they're generally healthier. I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, very interesting, Emmanuel. It's been really a great pleasure to meet you and to talk to you. Thanks, and you too. And I hope to see you soon around, you know, the learn Boteco sessions or maybe we'll yeah. do another podcast another day you know to yeah. see on your progress or yeah, whatever comes up I, yeah can my mum say a quick hello oh absolutely of course hello hello there hi. hi nice to meet you nice to meet you Javier nice to meet you say a quick hello because I watched um, a video that you did a number of years ago yes which was on Martha's YouTube channel Yes. And um, I was quite struck by, it was a series of little clips and I watched them all. I was struck by one where you said, I don't know how people can function with a control pulse below 40. And Martha was saying, well, some people have a control pulse of 15. Yes. And you kind of went like, how can they live like that? It was something like that. Anyway, yes. anyway at the time I had a control pulse of about 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it was and it was probably improving, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe by the time I watched the video, it was about 25 or something. But um, you can definitely function with a control pause of 15. But it was it was um, very interesting to see your reaction, which was I remember you saying, I don't know how anybody can function below 40. And I thought, right, that's it. I'm going for 40. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> so you don't realize this, but you have motivated me. Yeah, so that was very, very motivating. And I thought, right, that's it. From now on, life is going to be at 40. <laughs> Beautiful. That's great. I, Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that, right? That that, that could have an effect on, on somebody's mind. I was just genuinely, did I say 40, actually? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Because yeah. at that time, I was still not even thinking of becoming a practitioner. It was just a testimony in terms of what my experience was. Right. Yeah. So Martha was kind of like, like quoting, yeah, what the general trend was. I wasn't yeah. aware of it. Yeah? yeah. I had seen other people, but I was mostly focused on my practice. Yeah. And my experience is like when my control post goes below 30, I just don't feel right. So when I when she told me like well most people have fifteen, uh, I was really like wow, uh, this is not good, yeah? yeah. And actually that's what's happening. It of course now I understand yeah because I I've, I've seen many cases by now right. 
but but yes uh, at that time I, I i kind of make uh, an association of how i feel when i'm less than 30 and it's not good so i assume that people so martha then described to me that people have coping mechanisms yeah but i think it's also true you probably would agree that once you reach 40 like going back to 15 is not even a question like you you want there's no way i would want to go back to 15 having said that there have been some days where i think this feels like being at 15. maybe if i'm cleansing or i'm just tired i haven't slept mm -hmm. well sure. and maybe because i'm older and my i'm in my 50s so i've had a lifetime of not being at you know not having good habit good breathing habits and i'm only just turning it around these last few years sure so there are times when I feel quite leaden still. And then I remember that that was not unusual. Um, yeah. But certainly it's enabled me to be much more active, hasn't it, Emmanuel? Well, Emmanuel will have noticed the yeah, change you are, in me. Yeah, you, you don't get tired as often. No, I, I go out more. I, I go for walks much more readily. Mm. I, I have a sense of zipping up to the park. It's a little bit of an incline. Normally I'd be, you know... Yeah. It'd be an effort, and I, I kind of, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He asked, um, uh, Harry asked me a question about uh, how we sort of worked as a family and if it improved after doing Buteco. And I, we, it certainly, I can certainly say that doing Buteco as a family has been really helpful. Yes. And I have been able to progress because I know that I'm setting a model. I think mm -hmm. we've improved if, the most out of all of us. Yeah, yeah, probably. Beautiful. Because you know, I, I, I know that I can't mess it up. Like I'm showing my children. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm responsible serious, yeah. for a fam. It's serious. Exactly. I'm no. not going to mess. I mean, it's also for me. But if I was living on my own, I might not have the discipline. Yeah. But you know, some and also because I'm busy with family life. So you know, you know that um, saying: ask a busy person, and the job will get done. Don't mm. ask someone who's got too much time. Yes. It's like when you know you've only got this much time for yourself and, you know, there's got to be a lineup of things to do. You get organized. You think, right, these are my priorities. Off I go. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, I love so that. Yeah. Part of the family has been really helpful. Yeah. We've nagged. Emmanuel's been, oh, God, he notices everything. Like he says, mum, your tongue is low. Or, mm. you know, that's not Buteco. That's more um, myo, myo functional yeah. therapy yeah. where, you know, we've had a whole re-education of how we use our mouths basically yeah what i noticed emmanuel he's someone who cares uh, so, so he's not self-centered he cares about what causes things and what causes them in others yeah so he's interested in finding solutions for problems and for other people that's what i gather okay you emmanuel you tell me if i'm right but yeah that's that's correct yeah yeah mm -hmm. he does that with everything we were playing tennis the other day and he said to me I think the problem with your backhand is this or your forehand is that. He's not a tennis instructor, but he, he mm. likes to work things out. He'll sort of reverse engineer things and figure yeah, things yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So, Very so nice. you're a practitioner now, are you? I'm becoming one. I'm what they call um, a facilitator. And one of the things that I'm doing and I'm liking it a lot is to do the podcast. I think it's making a difference. and I think it's going to make a big difference. So... So thank you, because Emmanuel is going to be part of one of the episodes about... The idea of working on teenagers is such a brilliant idea. I mean, I work, in my work, I work as um, a teacher, a study, I call myself a study skills counsellor. Mm -hmm. So I help teenagers mostly. 
who are having problems in their work and they don't know why, like they can't concentrate or yes. they get panicky or they don't know how to plan an essay or how to prepare for exams. So it could mm. be a technical problem, but often it's an emotional problem. Oh, yeah. And I notice the breathing now, which I never used to notice before, but I notice the breathing and the sighing and the panicky, the, the chest breathing, the breath up there, the panic, notice all of that. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So is totally, it does... that's, that's, that's one of the things that is a clear, absolutely evident benefit of Buteco. It helps with concentration and calm those nerves down to, to study. Um, I mean, I started as an adult, but I like reading and I like to process information. And that's the first, you know, at the end of the day, you're kind of tired, it's 8 p.m. You got your brain is like kind of foggy already. You do the practice and you're like, bing, it's like a, a light goes on and you can continue. So that's you know, for- Doing Buteco and your nerves went down. Do you remember you were nervous about something? It was years ago. Yeah, probably, yeah. 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 Well, I can sometimes just do like a 60, sometimes even 40 second breath hold. And then I feel a lot better because of it. Yeah, and you can do a multitude of those. Well, say you have a two hour study session Mm -hmm. and and you keep doing them every three minutes or four minutes you do those easy pauses and they just keep you going yeah wow. yeah. yeah very good okay well it's great to meet you and uh thanks for your um outburst many years ago uh, i'm very <laughs> i'm surprised and happy about that it made a difference absolutely <laughs> all the best. okay bye. all the best bye bye okay manuel well as I, as I said, thank you so much. You're welcome. And, you know, I'll see you around, okay? Yes, looking forward to the podcast. Yes, all the best. I'll send it to you. Thanks. You too. Okay, you take care. You too. Bye -bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. there you have it i hope you found it interesting we'll catch up with uh, emmanuel soon uh, maybe he can tell us more about his progress and uh, if you want to learn more about the buteco method visit our website in learnbutecoonline.net and there you can have links for a lot of testimonials you can also visit the youtube channel learn buteco online and you can also join a free webinars to find out more about the Buteco method. Uh, the Buteco method is also taught in other languages like Spanish and Greek and Hebrew and more. And uh, I hope you join us in the next episode of this wonderful Learn Buteco podcast. Thank you very much. <music>